2: right out of Austin, Texas. It's On Second Thought, powered by Hookem.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and
0: Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first, On Second Thought.
2: On Second Thought, episode 271, brought to you by Hookem.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with the Duck Kirk Bowles, we're moving ever so closer to Alabama, Texas. And what better way to to get this thing going than invite the Mouth of the South? Paul Feinbaum, host of the popular Paul Feinbaum Show on the SEC Network and all over the world.
0: Paul, how are you, sir? Hey, I got to say a quick story. said. So my wife, who doesn't know anything about sports, but she thinks she does. Uh, she she's watching the SEC uh media days, the the day we had Kirk on. And when I when I called her that night, she said, Man, that guy, he's been around almost as long as you have. And, uh, <laughs> and
3: uh, a double
0: dinosaurs. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I I wanted to say. Well, actually, it's a, maybe a year or two longer. But I thought to your wife, you really don't need to convince her of how old you are. Exactly.
2: And I, and I keep waiting on you guys to get invited to to be on one of those Jurassic Park movies. But they
3: have. A- <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop! Stop! So so, Paul, did you ever think you'd see the day where Texas would be a three touchdown underdog to Alabama?
0: No. Oh. Kirk, I'm, I'm on uh, yesterday, uh, whatever day it was, with Stephen A. Smith, uh, and he is screaming and hollering. I know he's never done that before about how Texas is going to get beat down. And I found myself, I had to defend, because that's just the way it goes on those shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, to defend Texas saying, I don't think they're going to lose by more than 20 points on the road. I mean, I, at home in Austin, I'm like going, what is wrong with this world when it wasn't all that long ago that uh that Texas was on top and Alabama had Mike Shula as its coach and and here we are uh you know 15 Texas coaches later uh we're having this conversation
2: oh my god they had the wrong shula uh, it's fun to listen to Stephen A. pretend he knows about college football. <laughs> what he does is he just brings Paul on there and starts screaming. That's what. Well, he-
0: I think he said something like said, and don't forget, you know, when A and M goes to Tallahassee later this year, I'm like going, "What?" Well, I mean, he meant he meant Tuscaloosa, but I, yeah, I'm not going to interrupt a guy who, who makes six million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's well, only like uh, twice what you make, Paul. So I mean, uh, yeah. you're not you're you're not struggling. You and Kirk Bowles are, are set for life, but. Um, I gotta ask you, uh, you know, Nick Saban as well as anyone. And and I, I had an epiphany the other day, uh, Kirk, I didn't tell you this. Um, uh-huh. so I was thinking back to the 2009 championship game right? and Nick Saban's on the dais and I see this ball guy and it, Paul, it was you. I know <laughs> I remember the voice, but I didn't know did. you yet. And Paul, I don't know if you remember this, but I know you got a memory, like a trap. You go. Nick, you guys are practicing behind that got that big old wall at your practice. What's going on behind that wall? And Nick's just deadpan. Like, we're just practicing. We're just <laughs> practicing. And I had no idea who you were. And that was Duck, you remember Mac Brown charmed the pants off the Alabama. Oh, yeah. media. And then the Alabama oh, media was like, Man, we wish we could cover Mac Brown. And we were like, No, we wish we could cover Nick Saban.
0: <laughs> um no, yeah. I, I I was uh I knew Mac a little bit through his brother Watson, uh yeah. who was a coach in Birmingham. And I mean Mac said hello to me there, and I'm like going, man, I I was like, I was I mean, that was Mac Brown. He was he was you know huge. He was bigger than Nick Saban at the time. Uh,
3: yes, he, what happened to
0: him? he beat Nick and, Saban. And
3: yeah, I'm where wrong. is he now? Where is Mac Brown now? I'm t- and Stead and I have had a lot of fun. We we're on the Longhorn Network. I think game day is gonna do something. Uh, this weekend, on what would have happened if I right. hadn't gotten hurt on the play oh, of the game? Uh, where do you stand on that? I mean, do you think it would have changed dramatically?
0: Yeah, I, if if I can go off the record with you guys for a minute, um, nobody's I've watching, never, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never, I
3: have,
0: I have never run into, I mean I, I mean, I, I grew up knowing Texas. Uh, my, my girlfriend in high school went to Texas, a lot of my friends went there, so I, I knew, I knew the arrogance of Austin. But, man, I never dreamed – I mean, that week, I, I mean, I felt like I had I had overalls on and a pitchfork, the way those Texas fans treated me uh, out in California. And uh, uh, I, I couldn't – and I, I normally don't care, but I, I was so happy after that game. Uh, and then the Colt McCoy nonsense started, and it's still going on, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, – it wouldn't have made one bit of difference. I mean, I don't care if <laughs> Colt McCoy had, uh, you know, didn't have a scratch on him. And by the way, that's uh, you know, blame Mac Brown for calling a stupid play. And uh, then some guy called the other day said, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think Colt was really that hurt. It was his dad. I, said, I don't care who it was. They still lost the game. And can we move on to another topic?
2: Did Marcel Barrios well, blow his dad up too?
3: Uh, I
0: think he plan. did. <laughs> He's he he you up.
3: I <laughs> you everybody up. So, and you know, what might have changed is toward the end of uh, Max's reign here, there was so much talk. Paul, we've talked before about Nick Saban coming to Austin. Uh, to revisit that a little bit, and I'm writing about it later this week. Uh, how, do you think Nick wanted the job? And you know, that stuff's always hush hush behind closed doors. You know, do you think he would have come if that had been a hard offer and uh, it had been kept quiet? Kirk, I think he would have
0: uh i mean he, he's a wanderer or he was <laughs> and and i i think around that point uh they were feeling like maybe they weren't being uh, respected enough and maybe they weren't uh, uh and, and if you remember bill battle was the athletic director at the mm-hmm. time and and bill battle was a no-nonsense guy i mean he i, I have yeah he, he can deny this all he wants but th- there was a growing tension there and i'll tell you a funny story if you promise not to well i don't care if you do or not um so i in uh, i think it was 2015 i was doing a, an outside the lines profile of nick saban mm-hmm. wow oh, nice. so i'm flying on a plane with him to back from connecticut to tuscaloosa and i asked him specifically even though i we all had sources you had better sources than i did but i had to uh, you know, plenty of sources that were indicating what what had already transpired. So I asked him on on camera. I said, "I said, uh, Coach Saban, can can we address the Texas situation? How close did that come?" He said, oh, "I never talked to him. Uh, that that's just something that uh, you know. I, th- I think he said, you guys, you know, you guys created." Um, and I like, what are you supposed to do? I, I mean, you're on, you're on a plane <laughs> with this guy. It's not like, so. Yeah. I said, that well, uh, moved on to another subject. So the yeah. cameras got put up the camera guys in the back of the plane sleeping it's a it's it's, it's the outbound plane and uh we sat out we had, we had about another 30 40 minutes he looked at me he said he said man he said I can he said yeah that thing got pretty crazy you know and Sexton's talking to this guy yeah. and that guy really? and he said but in the end he said just too many people to deal with I, I'm not said, I, I, I was just simply not going to deal with all those uh Guys who, you know, all those boosters who 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 think uh you know they run the where t- they run the show, and I'm like going, this guy just got through telling me on li- uh, on national television that he never talked to him. And now here he is, I mean, I'm like going, what did I miss um, but, all but, but you know, you're a political science man. yeah, yeah and, game. and by the way, at that moment, I started to think maybe everything Nick Saban says isn't true <laughs> absolutely they all lie. They all lie.
3: Only if their lips Jimmy are moving. Sexton. Yeah.
2: Jimmy only Sexton was lips. all over this, and he's Nick Saban's mouthpiece. And that th- those are semantics. We know. Oh, it's true. His, his man was talking to Texas.
3: Always back channels. Always back
0: channel. There's no, there's no doubt, and 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 it had already been reported at this point. You know that uh, yeah. it had been reported seriously. Uh, in fact, I had done a book with Gene Wojciechowski. right? Uh, and Gene had a. Uh, it was not my source. Gene had a source. Um, that w- that we used in this. It was like an afterthought in the book, by the way. It was like the, like a bunch of notes you're cramming into the final couple of pages and, and AP or somebody picked it up and said Nick Saban offered $100 million according to okay. some new book. And I'm like going, that's not what even, the, the book wasn't even about that. But uh, so, I mean, and, and even, so my point is Saban knows all this, of course, uh, sure. but he didn't care. Uh, he wasn't about to, be, he wasn't about to acknowledge it, but I have no doubt uh, if there were a few less people involved, he probably would have done it. And, and I and listen, I've heard the other side from Mac Brown. We used to spend every Sunday morning together uh, in in Bristol, Connecticut, on ESPN. So can, can I tell you that Mac Brown will confirm that story? You guys already know the answer to that, of course. Yeah, and he was trying to kill it. Mac was desperately trying to hang on. And, and I and I was you know speaking out of school or, or in school here. I, I don't think I'm not sure how I, I don't know how many times Mac Brown has spoken to Nick Saban since. You're probably uh, you're probably
3: right. So well, you know well,
2: they'll they'll have they'll have to speak uh, before the CFP. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> 361. Um, we were Kirk remembers this. We were at the football banquet, and Mac. We knew Mac was done. We knew sure. he, he just looked done his last season, and. He's making, he's cracking these jokes, and nobody's laughing because everybody's depressed. And um, and it comes across. Twitter had just come out, and we all had our little phones. And Nick Saban got an extension
0: that night, and that's what it was all about, as you guys know. Yeah, uh, it, was Sexton. it was Jimmy Sexton, and I'm I'm sure I'll get in trouble because as a reporter covering the SEC, you are not allowed to speak uh, what I'm about to say. But it was it was just typical sexton uh, uh, shenanigans uh, mm-hmm. playing everyone against everyone else and uh, he he took alabama for uh, i don't think bill battle uh, i had a source tell me in the middle of all this guys that bill Battle said, i'm done i'm i'm not giving this guy any more money and then here comes there comes the texas rumors and uh, guess what he got more money that's the right. way it
3: works that's the way we works. well moving ahead to this game i mean oh do we have do to after a little bit, a little now, bit. This I think riveting. Just, this is riveting. This is so good. I just does Texas have a chance? Does Alabama have a weakness? I mean, they look better than last year. Yeah, I mean, I all
0: I can say is all I can do is point to a couple of games from last year. Uh, if you're if you're looking for hope. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being in Gainesville. I remember being uh, in, in College Station. And then, of course, actually, I wasn't in College Station because I didn't think that game was going to be any good. Uh, <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> let me correct myself. And I was, I was in Auburn. And, and those were three, the three big road games last year for Alabama. And they almost lost they, – they lost one and nearly lost the other two. It mm-hmm. took a last-second uh, save um, to beat Florida, and it took four overtimes to beat Auburn. And my point is that Alabama sometimes, whether last year is this year, can go on the road as a as a double digit favorite and and get carried away mm-hmm. with uh, with the moment a little bit and 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 that is a fact. I mean, so I yeah, you know, I've seen the weather forecast. It's going to be ninety something something degrees, mm-hmm. and and that is a neutralizer. I mean, everybody is is equally worn out now. Does Alabama have more depth? Of course, but Texas has a couple of players. You guys know that, and they do. They
2: do. My thing is this. I, I believe this is the Nick Saban revenge tour. I think, I think, I think before this last game, he told his players to pretend that Utah state was the, actually the Texas A&M Aggies. And And I think I, and, and he's going to roll through Austin, like Sherman through Atlanta. And then, and then Aggies are going to come to Crimson Tide and he's going to try to 77, nothing them again. So that's where I am with this. I just – I know that Texas has some players. Deshaun Robinson is a great young running back. Yeah. But you're asking a, a guy that last threw a pass before last week in the 11th grade. That was the last time he played a football game. Was a good uh, pass, too. Serious football pass. 11th grade, you're asking him to go up against Will Anderson and Byron Young and those guys. I, I just – and uh, freshman left tackle. Freshman, left tackle. That's fair. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. Well,
3: in they're, they're top 12 offensive linemen, Paul. Seven of them are true freshmen. Okay.
0: It, it and all, by the way, I wish you'd told me this the other day before I went on with Stephen A. Smith and <laughs> threw out of myself. <laughs> I watched that. You shut him down. You got raves for shutting down Stephen A. You got raves. Well, the, the, key, the key with Stephen A., guys, is <laughs> I mean, we are we are friends, and I'm not. It's yeah. not like uh, I'm just saying that because you just don't say you're friends with Stephen A. because he doesn't have any. Uh, so uh, he uh, he he likes fun. He he likes to have fun. He, he doesn't. Yeah, you know, I don't think he likes these intellectual uh, wars that he used to have on there. Uh, and he's and he's not going to get that with me. It's I'm. I mean, you know, with Stephen A. if you if you beat him in the in the argument, you're not coming back. So uh, you. you <laughs> Got to know yeah, your play for a while.
2: He has Michael Irvin on every week, and boy, that's a clown yeah, show. Yeah, I, 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 like, uh, I, I feel like I feel
0: like I'm basically the Washington Generals playing uh, the <laughs> <club> trotters. <laughs>
3: hey, I hope Texas is the Washington Generals on Saturday. Yeah, we're still waiting. When the heck is Texas going to arrive? When are they going to get to the SEC? And would how would you say the SEC as a group of fourteen, soon to be sixteen teams, view Texas? Is it an emperor without any clothes? Yeah,
0: yeah. There's a uh, listen, uh, you know, we're kind of a melting pot on our show of all the different uh, fan bases. And I was in Arkansas last week. I can't stand Texas. Uh, I've been to Missouri. They don't care for Texas. We know how the uh, the Aggies feel. <laughs> Alabama doesn't need it, another ego in the room. Uh, Florida doesn't need one. So it, I think there's going to uh, be a lot of tension, which uh, I know you guys are all ready for. <laughs>
3: Hey nobody does drama like Texas okay
0: I'm I'm
2: just looking forward to seeing the the pomp and circumstance I mean college game day's going to be there and the corso is going to put on that horse head and, <laughs> and uh, the, <clears throat> It's it's got it's I, lo- I love the pageantry
0: of college football and we, I know we I can speak. Yeah, and you've got you've got the other show too, don't you? The one that's, and the big uh, noon wow. kickoff. Is, yeah, I mean, wow! I mean, are, are the are, are sorority uh, girls and fraternity guys screaming? Hey, big noon kickoffs coming with Urban Meyer. <laughs> I, mean, I would be concerned uh, if I, if I if I were in a sorority that Urban Meyer was coming to my campus. We'll have, you learn, ever, we'll have you
2: ever seen a worse person? Um, yeah, no, it, no, no, no! Uh, I, I, I won't equivocate. Continue. I mean, Deshaun Watson thinks that Urban Meyer shouldn't have gotten another job. I mean, it, that's how <laughs> that's <laughs> how bad it is. What What TV executive goes? Oh yeah, he was dancing with a twenty one year old woman. Let's give him five million bucks. I, I mean, uh, guys. So they, they reached out to me. They reached out to me to come do a behind the scenes thing. They texted me on um on Tuesday and I just politely decline. I've
0: got th- I got things to
2: do on Friday. Yeah, no. well, like first Monday, of
0: all, you don't want to, uh, I've, I've been around urban Meyer uh, and through Tebow. Uh, I've been, uh, I've, I've, i well, it's, it's impossible to socialize with urban Meyer, but I've been to social events with urban Meyer. In fact, I'll tell you a story, guys. Uh, uh, Tim Tebow, you know, we, you become friends when you work on a show with somebody for eight or nine years. And uh, he got married two years ago. and no, He was, He was getting married in Cape Town. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't want to tell a long story, here, but you would hope a guy like Tebow would marry a nice librarian in Gainesville. Uh, Mm -hmm. He married uh, the former Miss Universe, of course. Um, (laughs) And the wedding was in Cape Town, and my wife and I were talking about it. And it wasn't the fact that. It was going to cost a fortune to go, which did affect me very greatly. Um, but the idea of being stuck in Cape Town for three or four days with Urban Meyer made me made me ill. Um, so I politely declined. Oh my God,
2: he would make Cape Town feel like a phone booth. Not big enough. Not big enough. It's not big enough. Not big enough. Uh, New York City's hey, not big enough.
3: Not hey, enough. I wanted to ask your opinion on the twelve-team playoff too, Paul. Is that is that too many and is uh, they going to dilute the regular season? Somehow? Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, I mean, of course it is. But uh, I mean, we are we are about to enter the NFL phase of college football, which is good and bad. Um, you know, what what will happen to, to the games like this? Uh, they really want. I mean, this game doesn't matter a whole lot anyway, you know, because we know what's going to happen. But, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, think about that. Uh, I mean, there are years when you really do have to win that game uh, with a 12 team playoff. You, you do not have to win that game. Uh, you can survive a couple of losses. Uh, as soon as I want to argue against it, though, Kirk, uh, the NFL seems to be working pretty well. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I think we'll adjust. Uh, it will Instead of, uh, you know, you lose a game and are you in after one weekend, it's uh, can you then figure out a way to get in uh, between 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12? And I, I, think, I think it will still be as exciting. And, and the other argument is, and it's been said many times, I mean, the 14 playoff doesn't work because – it usually is the same four,
3: right? I think it's gotten stale. I do agree with that. But you know, you know, what's going to be really funny is when that thirteen, number thirteen
2: team is just going crazy. We got robbed. We got, <laughs> I can't believe they did that to us.
0: You know it'll happen. One
2: of the best you twelve know. teams like this twelve. You, you know, you know I,
0: 12. I pick one guy. Uh, if if it happens that way, because he, because he was number five two years ago. I want to hear Jimbo Fisher being number thirteen, just uh, whining and uh, and and crying because he he he's got experience at it. I'm going to guess that you're going to be at that that game. Yeah, I, I I'm I will make that game, uh, and uh, partly because I'm I'm currently in the middle of doing a book about that controversy, so I I feel wow. like it wouldn't be a bad wow. idea to show up that weekend. Oh, when is that going to get published, man? That that's going to- um. If I ever start writing it, uh, <laughs> when do you have time? You have no time. Um, not not to so so that happened, uh, of course, in May. And you, you, I don't know if you guys, if you guys dabbled in the publishing world very often or or at all. Uh, it's it's no, a rather
3: co read two books,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I had a, a really interesting experience, uh, about eight, eight or nine years ago with, with somewhat of a memoir. I mean, I thought I was too young to do a memoir, but anyway, I did. Um, and, you know, the big time New York literary agent. So, I mean, the book did well. Uh, I mean, who, like after, other than the person who wrote it and the person who published it, no one really cared. Uh, <laughs> but it did well enough. Um, and I think I tried to contact him about three or four years later and never heard from him again. I mean, it's typical New York. Uh, so the day after uh, Jimbo goes insane. Well, excuse me, Jimbo Goes Jimbo. Yeah, goes Jimbo. <laughs> uh, I get an email from this guy. I say, is this your, You always know this is great when they say, "Hey, Sad, is this still your email?" I <laughs> mean, you haven't heard <laughs> from this guy I've had for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, my email. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll speed the story up. There was a big publisher who who saw it in the Wall Street Journal or something and said, "Hey, uh, you represent the bald guy from uh, wherever." Uh, can we do a book and it, that's not normally how it's done no. and after about two or three weeks uh you know they made what I thought was a reasonable offer and uh here I am you got a title for the book no and uh and and, and uh, again it, it that is the premise but it really goes into the underbelly of college football you mentioned the agents i think uh, that that would be a pretty interesting chapter how they uh, how they completely screw uh, ads over uh, on a, on a daily basis and, and 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 the nil card and and now the playoff card. So yeah, if if I wait
3: long enough, the book will write itself. Yeah, but but the feud is over. Uh, we were both in Atlanta, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, and Jimbo it is. said, "No, oh, it's just a little misunderstanding." I have total respect for Nick and everything he does, so he came around very quickly. Which, was- but I thought Jimbo was—I uh, thought Jimbo
0: outpointed Nick during media days, though. I mean, Saban acted like, "Oh, you were for it was like a it was like a pickup right. basketball game," and we had a disagreement. And Jimbo said, "Yeah, uh, Saban didn't get any questions about it." And the first four um, questions I got uh, were about that, and they're all from Alabama. <laughs> that mean, yeah. you- they're afraid yeah. of him. They're afraid of him. <laughs> said, I cannot talk about that uh, on, a, on a public because I mean, we, we're not allowed to admit that the, the media is afraid of Nick Saban. That would, that would not play
3: well in Peoria. Oh, uh, well, one more question I have for you, Paul, is that he likes Sark, doesn't he? He, he, he just does. really seems to have a lot of respect. So does he want to win 77 to nothing? I don't think he does. What's interesting about this relationship,
0: uh, he does not like Kiffin. Uh, so, you know, so Kiffin and Sark worked together at SC, as you guys know. They were friends. Right. Uh, I remember, in fact, I, I was doing college game day my first year at ESPN because the SEC network had not launched, and they just needed somewhere to push me and put me, actually. So I remember being in uh, Washington uh, one weekend. Sark was the coach. And Kiffin did our show. It, it had been two weeks after being fired at, at, at I mean, Southern Cal, and he was staying He was staying with Sark. Can you imagine? Um, wow. Back in the day? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making any judgments, of course, <laughs> um, but so they, they, you know, T- Kiffin got Sark Alabama, you know, uh, trying to you know, on the, on the redemption tour. So everybody forgets that Sark took over. He coached the national championship game against right. Clemson. And if you want an opinion, I'll give you one. I thought he did a lousy job. Uh, I didn't think he was prepared. Uh, and as a result, Alabama lost a game uh, on on the final series when uh, Deshaun Watson did lead them down the field. Really. Yep. So so he he gets named the offensive coordinator, and then he takes another job to the Falcons. And you would have thought after all that, Nick Saban would, would say, I'm done with you. But I, like I think Nick that. Saban, as he has gotten older, uh, realizes that, He's already fired or, or uh almost every coach or assistant coach in the country or or, or had them leave. So he, yeah. he took him back when he really needed him and, and he really did need him.
3: And O'Brien, he's different than you know, I'm no. not the big O'Brien fan at all. I mean uh, he, nobody is. He gets no pub at all. I and mean, could he not get another head coaching job? I think he could. Uh but right now he's got a really good gig. Uh
0: yeah. I mean, it's not like Saban's gonna going to go off on on Bill O'Brien. Uh, I mean, he's part of the family, right. and uh, and that's the Belichick family for for those of you out uh, in College Station watching. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think eventually he will. Uh, I always thought that if Saban walked out, that O'Brien would ease in there, but I'm, I'm not so sure about that now because I don't think Saban's walking out. He keeps. It,
3: it looks like
0: it.
2: He keeps getting extensions. He's not well, I was so there. glad
3: to see him get that extension. I, I, know. Know. And, I know. And by the way, not to be not to be
0: cynical here, but I thought it was – you know, when he said – when when Greg Byrne, the athletic director, with a straight face said, um, and we're just so happy to be able to make uh, coach, coach and Miss Terry comfortable uh, you know, with, you know, <laughs> by extending this contract. I mean, you wouldn't want them to go hungry at $12 no. million a year, would you? you I wouldn't. lights and, on
2: especially after he said that the uh, name image and likeness is going to ruin college football i mean uh, you know and but thank god he got his money i mean heaven forbid a kid get a toyota corolla on the no, i mean no. yeah so
0: chad 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 alabama it, they don't. They don't get Toyota
3: Corollas. That's that's for
0: heaven <laughs> forbid a guy get a. That's for the. Uh, that's for the lesser schools. Okay.
3: <laughs> hey, players <laughs> in Texas drive nice cars, but they get them towed once in a while. So. Yeah, I heard that. But yeah, by the way, I I I bought a Toyota
0: Toyota Corolla once uh, early in my career. I thought I I thought I had a a Mercedes. I mean, I was so proud of that car <laughs> uh, because hey. it actually ran, unlike the previous car I'd had. Great air conditioning, and I put one hundred and fifty thousand on mine. Oh, they'll yeah. run forever. They'll oh, run yeah. Forever. Uh, by the way, you know, you know, Saban uh, has a part ownership in a Mercedes dealership in Alabama yeah. and Nashville. Yeah, wow. I'm sure there's no connection to the campus. <laughs> got to make those
2: ends meet. Got to, got to get in where you can, Paul. Got to yeah, make those absolutely. ends. Meet, so, well,
3: I know, I know if you know if, if Sart doesn't get this thing turned around, they'll make another run at Saban in two thousand, you know, twenty six or twenty seven, and. He'll get another extension. I'm sure. So.
0: Is there is there a short list uh, for who who will replace uh, Sark if this oh. doesn't go well?
3: Well, we do know uh, Del Conte loves James Franklin. And uh, oh, okay. Well, he needs another extension. He needs another <laughs> extension too. He
0: hasn't He's had one like this week.
2: Uh, Sark got an extension after five and seven.
0: Yeah. Well, he he has improved the mood since the artist formerly known as
3: Tom Herman. He has. Uh, I've never and, lost to Kansas. Yeah, and he won all his bowl games. Too. You
2: know, one thing before he let you go, and I told Kirk this, we had a we met with some uh with some fancy doctors a couple of weeks ago and spoke at their event. Ooh. They were talking about chemistry and how tight knit the team is. And I go, Man, give give me a locker room full of jerks that go ten and two over a bunch of good guys that go five and seven. <clears throat> good guys don't always win. And <clears throat> you know, the guy with the black hat. Usually rolls into town and and comes out victorious,
3: and that's what's going to happen this week. Gotta have dogs. Gotta have dogs. Yeah, but uh,
0: I mean, if you, I bet mean, if you go back in the history of the University of Texas, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you go back to Daryl Royal, though, those probably were not not nice kids, were they?
3: No, back when they were getting players drafted and winning championships, and stuff. they weren't nice kids not then, and
2: now they're just crotchety old men who follow me and Kirk around. They oh, do. I, I,
3: isn't that
0: amazing, guys? The the players that wouldn't talk to us when we were young now or say, Hey, hey good to I played play for Daryl Royal. Oh,
3: I love it. I love it. Well, we're gonna miss you. We're sorry you're not gonna be here this weekend, but I, I don't be- like the I don't like the sight of blood. So. Um, especially orange blood. <laughs> wow. There you go. There on you that go. note, I oh, love it. Oh, You'll love see
2: it. him. He's going to be talking about this game on the SEC Network for the next couple of days. Check him out on ESPN and on your radio dial. Paul Feinbaum, always a pleasure, my friend.
0: We will see you down the line, sir. This was this was a blast, guys. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks, Ed.
3: You're the best. Take care, Paul.
0: You got it. On Second Thoughts.
2: Look, I just chuckle when Paul Feinbaum comes on. It's just always such a great conversation, man. That, I could talk to that guy all day.
3: <laughs> he's fun, isn't he? Man, he just, just has. unfiltered. He
2: has, yeah, he has this way about him. He's so unassuming. He's so freaking cool. He's funny. Mm-hmm. And, and he's self-deprecating like us. I, I, yeah, he's the kind of guy I want to go have a beer with. I hope one day we'll get to all break bread
3: with him mm-hmm. and go have a drink. That'd be fun. He'd be fun. It's interesting. He's writing a new book. That'd be a great book. That will be a so great I don't know when book. He I'll buy it. I'll buy it. You know it well, I don't know when he has time to write it. But, I know. Uh, He's
2: so fr- freaking busy. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe on vacation. But yeah. So, for those who want to hear from the irrepressible head coach of the Texas Longhorns, we had some really good conversation with Sark on Monday, Duck. He is in a good mental place. Uh, His guys are comfortable. They know what they're up against. Um, Let's check out what you ask him to start the presser this week.
3: Since you spent time at Alabama, did you feel like they have an intimidating presence that some teams are beat before they take the field? And and what's it going to be like just matching wits with Nick?
1: Um, I think a couple things. I think, one, um, it's like anything. You know, anytime you're on top, um, you know, I think teams can sometimes be enamored with the opponent. You know, whoever they are. I remember our days at USC in the 2000s. We felt that a lot. Um, I'm sure we felt it here at Texas in the 2000s. Anytime Vince walked on the field, they probably felt that way. And you know, I think what Alabama's been able to do, it can, it can get that way. I think the, you know the best approach is to focus on what you need to do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to have 11. We're going to have 11. The ball is going to get snapped. You know, and the ball is probably going to get snapped upwards to 200 times. And how many times can we be right out of those upwards to 200s? Um, you know, as you guys know, with, with Coach Saban and, and myself, I have the utmost respect for him, not only as a man, but, but as, a, as a coach. Um, he's a tremendous at, at game planning. He's a very good schemer in all three phases, offense, defense, special teams. And he's a really good motivator. Uh, does a nice job motivating his team and getting them ready to play. Um, So for us, for me, you know, the challenge is I can't worry about what he's doing in in their locker room and in their team room. i got to shift my focus on making sure that that we're game planning really well, that we're scheming really well, that our guys are motivated to play uh, and have the right mental intensity, you know, not just on Saturday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, uh, so that we've got good focus um, and that we can go perform.
2: Duck, they're ready. They're ready. Um, Ready to let but, it be? You know, yeah, but the one thing, you know, and I think it's a I think it's a rough, rough test for them. And, and you know, it's one thing if they you know, I, I would rather see them play the Aggies than than Alabama. The Aggies are really good, but the, the mm-hmm. Aggies aren't a world beater yet. They aren't. They, they don't run the ball very well yet. They have pretty good defense and there's history there. And there's just something about Texas and AM where you just think the Longhorns are probably going to pull it out because of what mm-hmm. they did in the history of that rivalry. But this is Alabama, and this is the Nick Saban revenge tour, and I don't think he's leaving a stone unturned. Duck. I think he is out for blood. Paul said as much. I don't see a bloodbath.
3: He's out well, for blood. Well, he is, but I don't think he wants to embarrass Sark like he does Jimbo. You know, I think he's <sighs> – I don't know. I don't know if "alpha blood" is the right phrase. I just think he he is so damn committed and and determined and laser focused. as you know, I mean, even when A and M beat him, uh, that was a one score game, and I thought that was like the worst performance Alabama's ever had.
2: That was Bryce Brown's worst game for sure. It was
3: terrible, and, man, and like man. like Paul reminded us, they had a close game against uh, Florida, had a close game against Auburn. At a close game against Alabama, won all those, and then remember Jameson Williams gets hurt and the and uh, at the end of the season in the playoffs, so they were without him. So uh, I don't know. They sure seemed like a full strength Alabama and an easy number one team, and they won't be sleepwalking into because you know they're not playing five and seven Texas, they're playing name brand Texas, and that.
2: They're playing. I'm gonna send them. We gotta send a message to Texas. Well, this is what you're gonna get every year. You come over to SEC, Texas. That's what they're playing. They're representing the SEC as well, and they want to send a message to the Big Twelve that you're not the SEC. And I know your blue blood is feeling good about the win over ULM, but we got something for you. And you're right. I don't really think he wants to crush him. I really don't. But no, I, I don't do believe, Doug, I do believe that that they're they're in for a, a 22, 23-point beatdown. To that end, I asked Sark uh, basically what he was up against, and I used a video game analogy. Check it out. Hey, Steve. Um, another step up in competition goes without saying, um, going from Glass Joe to Mr. Sandman or
1: Mike Tyson. That was a great video game, by um, the way. Whichever I, could I used to play that at 7-Eleven when I was at – Burtland well, Middle Me School, too. yeah. Handful a lot old, of my th- money got dumped into that pocket thing. A
2: handful of quarters, so. Um, but you're no stranger to this. You took over a Washington team that was 0 and 12, and you were a big underdog at home to USC, and you guys beat them. USC was number three in the country. What do you remember about that week of preparation, and um, what went into getting that upset done?
1: Yeah, I mean, very similar uh, scenario in that, you know, I'd worked for Pete Carroll for seven years, and uh, had a great deal of respect for what he did, you know, and what we were able to do in our time there. Um, You know, again, I I think it was buying into the idea of what the game plan was, um, where we needed to be from a psyche standpoint. Um, I thought one thing about that game that I remember vividly is we weathered a real storm early in that game. Uh, They might have had their first two drives, I think they might have rushed for about 130 yards. I mean, we didn't stop the run for anything the first two drives of the game, but our guys just kind of hung in there and they 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 fought and they scratched and they clawed. And next thing you know, you know, it's a tie game in the fourth quarter and you got a chance. Um, and so I think inevitably, you know, that team at that time, very similar to this team at, at this time. Um, Buying into the idea of the, the, the idea that the work you put in throughout the week ultimately will carry over to game day, and you know, a, a guy once told me, you know, culture a lot of times can have the opportunity to beat talent when the culture is really strong, when the chemistry is really strong, and so we got to make sure our chemistry is right Saturday as well, that we're play as a team uh, and not just talented individuals, and so that'll be a big focus of ours this week as well.
2: He played that game. He knows what it is <laughs> to go up against Sandman or Mike Tyson, whichever genre you played. I believe uh, that he has belief in his guys, and he has some good guys, some good players at a couple of key positions, like running back, like um, wide receiver, and maybe maybe at defensive end. I don't know, Barron. Will we ever hear from Baron Sorrell ever again? Was that a flash in the pan, or dare we dream that he could be a dependable pass rusher? I don't know.
3: Yeah, well, it proofs in the pudding. We got to see it consistently, and that's one thing that Sark keeps on saying. You got to be able to do it each week. You got to play to a standard each week, and you know they keep saying, "Well, it's a faceless opponent." That'll be harder to convince. You know his Longhorn players that Alabama's faces because you see their faces everywhere. You can't turn on TV without seeing you know Bryce Young and Will Anderson and 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 guys like that. So uh, you know they need to keep the game close early. They got to get the ball to their playmakers, which means get the ball to Bijan in space. That may mean throwing to him more oh, to yeah. get him out out in the perimeter, and they got to get the ball to Xavier Worthy. I mean. Don't just throw deep to that guy. Throw over the middle. Throw some slants. Throw some curls, and you got to get they the ball end around. Hands. You can run. They can end around exactly, and and you know it, it was a very vanilla game plan. You know he didn't want to show Alabama. You know very much, and you know they got the job done. So, uh, but yeah, their best players have to play at their best to have any chance at all.
2: And for me, I'm I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at this defense. I'm looking up front. Snacks, Coburn, Vernon mm-hmm. Broaden, who was kind of quiet last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Alfred Collins, hopefully he's back. Uh Byron Murphy was kind of Iron Murphy was kind of quiet. Or, that can happen in a blowout. You got because yeah. they pulled a lot of those guys out of the game. Right. Because they, they know what they're gonna be up against. And well, they
3: played seventy-six players, which was yeah.
1: good
2: to see. Yeah, it was good to see. And on the offensive line, young Kelvin. Banks Jr. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the big time, young man. Welcome. Welcome. This is a trial by fire for you. You won't find. You won't face a better defensive front for the rest of the year. And if you start, if you if you give a good accounting of yourself, and you keep that young quarterback clean, the Texas Longhorns might be in this game in the second or third quarter. But they have <laughs> to avoid, Duck. This is what yeah. they have to avoid. We both watched NBA in the 80s. The Lakers would be in a tight game, and all of a sudden Magic, would, Magic and company, James Worthy, Showtime would show up, and they run off 15 points in a row. And in football terms, that's like 21 points. The, the, the Crimson Tide can score 21 points in three minutes. That happens all the mm-hmm. time. You have to avoid those runs. And if you can just avoid those runs, take the air out of the ball. That's another basketball term. Take the air out of the ball. Make it more of a mutter and less of a track meet. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. I don't believe it's going to happen that way. I think Alabama's too good. But I'm just saying, if you're Texas, this is what you have to try and do to stay close to a juggernaut.
3: Yeah, you want to shorten the game. You want to keep that clock running any way you can. I don't see any way they keep Quinn Ewers clean the whole game. They're going to put pressure on him. Now they didn't have a sack. Alabama didn't have a sack against Utah State. Didn't force a turnover, but they only allowed seven first downs. I think maybe one in the first half and like 136 total yards. So they can't have Quinn Ewers running for his life on on every play. Now I would wonder. I might do a move in pocket a little bit and he's be not. Scr- he's not,
2: re- and he's not really a scrambler.
3: No, he is not a scrambler, but okay. by design you gotta give Alabama some different looks. Move that pocket. Move it. Move the pocket a little bit. And the other thing I worry about is special teams. And yeah, they got a block pump and a scoop and score by Keelan Robinson. But you know, Isaac Pearson Come on, Isaac, hold on to that ball Ike. I didn't like him in August. He had a lot of ugly punts and you know I mean when he, he caught it? Well, I don't know. I, I think, and he didn't punt the last two, two times. So maybe he's already lost his job. And then, you know, he fumbled the snap on the Burt Auburn's kick. So and it's a new kicker, you know, so. The, then they brought in Hudson hard to hold after that. Yeah, it was smart. I think quarterbacks should hold if they can, because they're used to catching the ball. After Romo. Yeah. I oh, know exactly. Except you want Romo to score. Uh, exactly. on that after the bobbles the snap. So I think special teams don't give Alabama anything cheap, you know, like either an easy score or great field position. But uh, there's so many things you got to do on your checklist to keep it close. But, you know, first and foremost, you got to believe you can do it, you know. And I think they have the belief.
2: Uh, Bijan believes, Quinn Ewers believes – Um snacks believes they the, the, their core guys believe but i just they're so young
3: you get so punched in places. the mouth too yeah, yeah oh, they're, so
2: young. they're so young yeah. and, and um i think that that great programs can bring their younger kids along a lot slower mm-hmm. but when you're dealing with what sark dealt with last year you got to play these babies you have to play them and you have oh. to you they have to grow up fast and so, Banks is getting getting his initiation this weekend, as is Cole Hudson. So guys like that. Those guys are young, Doug. Yes, those guys oh are young.
3: God. Cam Williams. Seven freshmen. Young. Seven freshmen in that offensive line. And, you know, and Alabama played 10 true freshmen in their game against Utah State, which won 11 games last year. So, you know, Oof. that wasn't a bad team that they were playing. And win 55 to nothing. And Bryce Young barely played into the third quarter. But Alabama played 10 10, true freshmen, and four of them were receivers. So, you know, they got so much depth there. So you want to avoid serious injury in this game. You want to avoid damage to your psyche in this game. There's a lot of things on Sark's checklist. Before we get out of here, Duck, the
2: NFL season starts. Yeah. On Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys are playing host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On Sunday night football, and is this the year the Cowboys finally break through? Duck, we're I only know. what twenty-seven seasons removed from a Super Bowl. So they're due. I mean, if you're pay, if you're playing the patient game, you're not worried about it. But do, but for those who aren't, is this is this the time that the Cowboys finally, with this talented ball club, do they do they break through and make a real serious run in the NFC?
3: No way. I mean, I'm not counting on Dalton Schultz to, to lead this team to the promised land. So, oh, I you know, they lost Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup coming off injury. Uh, they lost James Washington. They lost their left tackle, Tyron. Right. You know, I just think they're going to have some difficulty this year. I really do. And uh, do you luckily, think they're, they're going to win the NFC East. Game? No, I think Philadelphia will wow okay yeah i like jalen hurts i like their weapons like Agent you know, Brown. AJ brown and they got Devontae smith and sanders and gainwell in the backfield i i think uh you know i think philadelphia is the, the class of that division but uh, i don't think Dallas is gonna get buffalo's my team i'm all in on the bills I think a Jonathan, super bowl, doc. huh yeah
2: super bowl they're oh and four they're not gonna win a super bowl doc
3: they came within what Seconds of beating Kansas City on the road in one of the wildest finishes That's ever. Fun. That's fun. I got Josh Allen, MVP, and I'll take the Bills over the Rams. Who you got?
2: I'm so tired of you thinking like me. <laughs> I'm so tired of that. I'm taking the I'm taking the Bills to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl.
3: You could take the Chargers.
2: And, that was my second best team, but they're in the same conference. So. Uh, you know what? That, they're, I think those two might end up in the AFC Championship game. I don't really, I really don't like Kansas City without Tyreek Hill. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Marquette Marcus valdez Scantling is a suitable vertical
3: replacement for Tyreek. You know, give, give me a couple of sleeper teams that you think eh, they may have good years. Watch out for them. I always, I
2: always. Um, I'm always scared to pick a team that lost in the Super Bowl. The history's not good there. But the Bengals are really talented. I think oh. Pitts. I think Pittsburgh is gonna gonna be average. I don't like Mitch Trubisky. Um, sleeper team in the NFC. The 49ers are gonna win that division. I think. No, I mean no, the Rams. Rams. How about the, the yeah. 49ers are going are gonna to make the playoffs, and they're going to win a playoff game with Trey Lance at quarterback. But I think the Rams are better. Uh, look for Arizona to make some noise. Like
3: if they, like can, if um,
2: they can right the ship without DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks.
3: Okay. They got Hollywood Brown. They got James Conner, touchdown machine. Jesus.
2: In the AFC, man, don't sleep on the Ravens, Doug. Don't sleep on the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He shouldn't be playing. I, I would hold out. I mean, he's got his mama trying to get him a contract extension and no agent. Lamar smarting up. Um, but I like the Ravens. I like, um, I, li- I like the Ravens to make the playoffs. I don't think the Steelers will make the playoffs. So no. Baltimore is my sleeper. I'm going Buffalo over the Rams in the Super Bowl. League MVP will be Justin Herbert. I think he's going to go crazy this year. I think he'll throw 50 touchdowns.
3: I agree. He's a hell of a player. The I AFC agree. is just loaded. I, I got two teams, to me, they're sleepers. I think the Raiders are coming on. Derek Carr, you know, they got Josh McDaniels coaching there. Devontae. and They got Waller. They got Devontae Adams. Derek is coming into his prime. You know, they got to get more out of Josh Jacobs. But I think the Raiders are gonna have a big year, and look out for the Dolphins. No, I think, I mean, yeah, hey, you got Tyreek, who just happens to be on my fantasy team. You got Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and Tua. I think the passing game may be fixed, and they're gonna have to run the ball a little bit better. But I think I'm not saying they're gonna go crazy and win 12 games or anything like that. But I think I think they can go, you know, 500, maybe go, you know a little bit better than that i think miami's kind of on the rise and before we get out of here congratulations on
2: the best draft ever your, your um sitting ducks team uh, with tom brady and, and austin eckler and joe mixon is is one of the best fantasy league collections of talent i've ever seen and i'm playing you in um, one and um i'm gonna lose but that's okay
3: yeah, you only have the best running back, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, spent Derek, I spent too yeah, much. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams hook up. I'll be groveling this time next week, I'm sure. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But for, for now, both.
2: let's let's put a bow on it because me and you got to go eat some Chinese food. Let's go. We're going Hi. to. Eat.
3: Lotus is calling.
2: Big thanks to Paul Feinbaum for dropping some knowledge and bringing the laughs to our little podcast. We always appreciate him. And that will do it for episode 271 of On Second Thought. For the Duck Kirk Bowls, I'm Cedric Golden, and we'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to
2: On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Ced and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.